Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Alan has returned. How's it going, Alan? <laughs> the return of Alan. <laughs> I told you. I told you he would be back. <laughs> He's back. Oh, no, we, oh, we, hopefully, we it doesn't, you, hopefully it doesn't turn into a poltergeist scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, the TV. Talk about us. scaring the daylights out of me. <laughs> God, that and the exorcist. I mean, forget oh, it. I I'm still not over the exorcist. <laughs> I guess Russell Crowe did a version or one's coming out with Russell Crowe. Oh, oh man. yeah. I well, I don't know the name of it, but it, I, it just scared the daylights out of me seeing the trailer. Well, because the, the look of it was like the exorcist. I mean, same it just seemed like it had deal. the same lighting, the whole the whole. That's yeah, right. It's like, it, it, oh, my it, God. It, I think they're trying They're trying. What they're doing is they're accessing our post-traumatic stress by, by, by making it look enough like that, that we that we waste no time going ahead and freaking out. It's called the Pope's Exorcist. And what I like about it is that this is the first exorcist that looks like he could kick satan's ass and i think that's very important you know it, it kind of uh uh it, it sands off some of the horror when uh you've got an exorcist with arms that beefy so what are we here to talk about now well, what is what is <laughs> what are we doing here alan had that story about um he was on a trip with the family with the kids in particular and uh there was an issue with the rental car and at one point you were just kind of stranded or there was i think you hit a, a oh, had a uh, flat and you were left in the side of the road see that's mm -hmm. the kind of like one column of where emotional sobriety really comes in to, um, to, yeah, like we were talking about with Brian last week, put the emotional center of gravity inside ourselves um, when the world is going to shit on the outside. But then the other column is more of like the slow grind and kind of like the little like subtleties and nuances uh, that require us to be on our game and to remain uh, you know, at a low emotional center of gravity. And so, you know, I, I think, um, Speaking to our audience, you know how how can emotional sobriety come through for us uh, in both in the context of these dynamics? Well, first first of all, because you're talking about that center of gravity thing, Alan, say kind of give us give us a summary of that of that metaphor because it's beautiful. You use it a lot, and I and I really like it. Well, you know, I I adopted it from Dr. Karen Horney's work, mm -hmm. the the neo Freudian that was in practice in the 50s in New York City. And I don't think I told you this, Tom, but I know a, a historian, an AA mm -hmm. historian. I asked him to start to look into a few things. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I found out that that letter that I talk about all the time, I used to think it was written in 1956. It was yeah. written in 1953. Really? Shortly, shortly after the big book came out. Right. So, so that was interesting. The other thing is that Dr. Karen Horney she had a very thriving practice in New York. I got a note from, because I asked him, do you think that he knew Karen Horney or was familiar with her work? Mm -hmm. Because so many of his phrases, like, like in the letter, uses the word claims, right? Mm -hmm. She used that a lot, the claims we make on life, right? That was mm -hmm. her phrase a lot. So I kind of saw it showing up in Bill's letter. And I, I always curious, I wonder, was he read? And so he sent me, a a an excerpt from a letter he wrote to someone that he was mm -hmm. having correspondence with and he was talking about hey that gal from new york she's something else isn't she so he was obviously oh wow he was obviously you know a student of her literature oh my god that gal from new york i love that it's like it was, he says, <laughs> she is something else and she is i mean boy i when i got introduced to her work 
it really had a lot of personal meaning to me mm-hmm. and it really opened up a lot of of windows when i was sitting with patients and stuff like that to be able to look at what's going on but one of her ideas was and and i i think i've i've kind of elaborated on it and really plied it into the or plugged it into this emotional sobriety stuff is she said that we have an analog to our physical center of gravity mm-hmm. and so let's take a minute to describe the physical center of gravity so gravity is always passing through us all the time mm-hmm. and gravity is if you if you if you think of if we're in a good athletic stance it means that that gravity is intersecting us and we are and our weight is equally distributed over both of our feet and really grounded and connected to the earth. Got it. Right. That's that's when our physical center of gravity is in the right spot. Athletes, especially professional athletes, female gymnasts and even male gymnasts are remarkable at managing that physical center of gravity. (laughs) I mean, you see those gymnasts walk on that, those women walk on that, that balance beam and then flip and land again yeah they they, i mean it's four inches wide Mm -hmm. four inches i crack my head open (laughs) if i if i even tried to walk across the thing let alone try to jump in the air and do somersaults and then come back down but you can see that i mean their ability to manage that center of gravity so she says it's very important to pay attention to where you put your emotional center of gravity. And in her words, you could put it in. She didn't think about it like you and I do thinking about putting it in another person. Mm-hmm. She thought mm-hmm. about putting it in either your ideal self in your despised self or in your true self. Well, she's, she's still doing an intrapersonal approach to that though. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that so many people, you know, it's just so validating that there's so many, so many models come back to that in some way. One way we can say is we take our self-esteem and we put it into somebody else's hands. Yeah, we, That's I, taking our emotional center of gravity and putting it else in someone else's care. Yep. Well, as soon as I do that, as soon as I give you my emotional center of gravity, or I give you, you know, authority over my self-esteem, wow, I am going to be focusing on your approval or disapproval big time. I'm going to be hyper-vigilant to how you're feeling about me and whether you're approving of me or not. And- okay, now I want to I want to put this together with with some of the things that ways I've described it before. See if I got got it if I'm matching our stuff up together uh, correctly. It's it's because uh, what, what I'll say is along the lines of what you're saying is whatever whatever you think of me will determine how I feel about myself. Idea. That's that's off balance. That's right. Uh, and I, but I also add to that by the way because I think this is a really important one for emotional sobriety too is for most of us we have to acknowledge we need to acknowledge that it's not that even it's it's even it's even kind of worse than that it's it's whatever i think you think of me will determine what i feel about myself and the second thing you said was so right on because now it comes into this whole dynamic of the role of projection in our lives yep so when i'm imagining what you think what i'm really doing is projecting my feelings about myself onto you Mm -hmm. and so now i think i'm thinking about what you're thinking about me but i'm really projecting what i think about me into you that i'm 
now attributing to you, not to wow. me. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like I, don't, I actually don't need you for this relationship. I can do it perfectly well wow. myself. This it's is like, the scary thing. Most relationships are soliloquies. They are not relationships. They are. Man, they are. That, that's, that's, that's true for, 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 for couples conflict. Even for me. Yeah. Well, for, for, for I don't need Jess. Like, I got this. Go. Don't worry. Like, I, you don't have to show up. I'm tired. I projected to you. I know how you're going to feel, how you're going to act, and I've already reacted to that. <laughs> yeah, no. Didi's pointed out that that I'll I'll say I'll say I'll say something in in a, in a rather lengthy way, and then then I'll say, okay, now I'm going to say this from this angle. I'm going to now I'm going to say it again. I I don't think I've said this from a 37 degree angle yet, and so I'm going to go. And it's sort of like it was amazing when in therapy when when, when I, I, we were talking about she said well i don't know why you keep telling me this i said because well, you're not you're not hearing me interestingly what i learned about that then it was a next step kind of thing is whenever i would say okay you tell me what i'm you know kind of challenged her do you tell me what i just said and then she would do a beautiful job of paraphrasing it back to me but the urgency i had remained with me it's like it was like so it wasn't really that it was something yeah. else about me that was trying. I was, I was, it, it, and I don't, and the reason I'm saying this to you now, maybe you can help me with it because, because easily I could say that feeling could be described as off balance. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that, and we use that word a lot in our language, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, that phrase, yeah. that phrase, God, that knocked me off balance. Mm -hmm. yeah. What it means is, is that somehow you know, I put my emotional center of gravity in. Now think about this in how things should have been. See, if right. I stake my emotional center of gravity in how things should be, then if they don't turn out that way, it's going to knock me off balance. As, as they should be or as I want them to be. That's right. Even now. You know, and ultimately, when we get into our thinking, th those become the same thing. I think things, I, I believe things should be the way I want them to be. This is one of the things I love doing about having these conversations, because, because when we talk about the stuff, some of the stuff we've been talking about for a long time, I I try to show up and listen to it from a different angle. And, and, and uh, what I get is, wow. That means we're shooting for such a such a just a precise little place. The only way I'm going to be okay is if if it if if I can land on this that little four inch beam. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's like yeah, and and it's like no, you know. There, I and emotion. And tell me if this tell me if this fits your definition. Emotional sobriety. When go back to what what uh, Patrick is asking us to talk about. It's like you go back. To, emotional sobriety. Uh, is not dependent on the circumstance at all. No. And so the idea is the, the, the definition of this, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't think any one of us would claim mastery over this, but it's like, is the idea that regardless of what has happened or is happening, it's like, I should be able to, to, to uh, my, or at least I want to be able to maintain that, that uh, center of gravity. One of the selling what is it? Unique selling propositions. That's what business business people say of emotional mm -hmm. sobriety mm -hmm. is that um, it actually it enables you to actually see people and to experience relationships outside of that transactional. Um, you need to validate my self esteem, or you know, I need to get you to regard me a certain way or feel a certain way to make me feel okay. Um, by locating the emotional center of gravity inside ourselves, um, all of a sudden that frees us up to kind of like listen in a way and to see in a way into what our partners are doing that, you know, uh, 
accommodates actual connection. I mean, I, I'll just say in a, from a practical point of view, the other day, uh, my girlfriend lost her job and uh, she very understandably has been, uh, you know, kicked down uh, hard by that and, and her self-esteem is wounded. And I recognized as I was doing it and kind of giving her my little pep talk that um, what I was really doing was I was trying to soothe this need that I had <laughs> to be uh, the soother <laughs> and to, you know, uh, uh, by, you know, for me to feel like the hero in the relationship, I had to be able to bring her out of her, uh, this crisis that she was having. And, you know, the language I was using may have been, uh, I may have been using good language, you know, um, you know, maybe uh, on the surface on my best day that I, I, one can interpret that as being me being helpful and uh, me trying to, uh, you know, help her with her issue. One way that doing this podcast with you guys and going to the meetings has benefited me is that um, I'm not really connect, being connected to her. I'm not really going beneath the surface. All my uh, action is still predicated on make me feel good about me. Yeah, I, you know, th there's a lot that came up with when you when you said that. Well, one one is yeah, because there's always these little little paradoxical twists in in re recovery. I think, and the idea is, so if, if I'm just picturing but the center of gravity, so if I'm if I'm if I'm doing what what if I'm you in that story in my in my version of it, I'm and I'm looking making a physical expression of it. I'm leaning too far forward. I'm leaning in, into her, really trying to be something, you know, to match my view of what I'm supposed to be in that situation. It's like, but the idea that the, the, the twist is basically going back to the emotional center of gravity is we can be with other people bet, much better, much more effectively when we are fully back into ourselves. It's like we, we, you know, this inside out stuff. It's like the idea is, is because I don't know about you, but as a, as a t typical man, if I'm listening to, to my wife tell a problem, I've got to guard against the idea that I'm just looking for things I can solve, you know, and that's, and you know, and that's, that's really not, it may be useful down the line, but it's not, it's, I need to, I need to be there for her, you know, be able to be with and, and, and listen. And what you're saying to do that is you have to let go of your expectation of what you what you want out of the, the conversation yeah yeah it's it's and by the way get, don't be sure because you because you you are definitely somebody like myself who has a real strong tendency to beat yourself up and all or none these things you know you the fact that you're working on it that you're thinking about that you're thinking you know don't don't tell yourself you messed it all up it's it's like it's like your first of all your intention is good and that counts i, I often I often tell men intention counts it just doesn't count for nearly as much as we want it to you know because because we we want to be able to go more men men more than anybody else go like like but i didn't mean to do it it's like yeah well <laughs> but you still did buddy <laughs> Indeed. But, you know, go back to the, the topic for today is what is the practicality of yeah. emotional sobriety? And if we just stay with the balance beam for a minute, in a way, emotional sobriety takes us off the balance beam and puts us on a big sheet of plywood mm -hmm. where we got a lot of room yeah. to, to, to go ahead and attempt that flip. Yeah. And and not have to nail the landing mm -hmm. because we've got so much more, so many more degrees of freedom, so much more 
So because the, the yeah right because we changed the measure the measure is no longer where we land it, nice. it's 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 how it's how we respond and that we uh i mean i guess it is where we land i'm now confused well, myself it's with just is that we're giving us a a, a much broader landing yeah yeah well, well you know what? what what this brings me back to though alan a minute ago is is that timothy galloway's book uh of yes. inner tennis the exercise in there is that i remember the most is an exercise that works it was working for me this morning when i was when i was my mind was wandering off into places of anxiety and i was i was down to, down in the barn just feeding the horses and it's it the exercise in the tennis book is it's called bounce hit what you do is, right. is, is you is it's is basically mantra psychology where it's like the, the conscious mind can only hold on to one thing at a time and so what i'm doing is I, you're you're when you hit the ball to me all i'm doing is watching the ball and when the ball hits hits the court on my side i say i say to myself or out loud bounce and then when i hit it with my racket i say hit Bounce hit. That's it. I'm fully there. That's all I'm doing. I'm not thinking about what's coming next. I'm not doing that fully in the present moment. And my game became so much better. And what I'm realizing more and more and more, the more we work on, on this self-esteem and, and uh, um, uh, uh, emotional sobriety is that's all about being in the present moment and being in the present moment is not some, I mean, this, 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 this is what I think is my, my silliness. I think I've, it's taken me this long in my life to get to the idea that living in the moment, being in the present is not some cool concept that I, that I need to remember and, and contemplate, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's simply what it says, fully be in the present. If I'm fully in the present, then what I'm doing is I am sitting here my hand is on my the, my back of the back of the cat sitting on my desk. I am looking at my two friends on the screen. I am talking. I am, I am saying this sentence right now. That's it. It's like it's not some it's not something you know. Like I I, have, I wrote a little conversation not long ago that just said the the the, the teacher said um, the the key is is living in the present moment. And the student says, uh, "Oh man, that's a that's great. I got to think about that." And and the teacher says, "No." No, you don't, you know, because we don't need to think about it. We need to do it. Well, when we stray from being in the moment, I think there's an, an innate desire a lot of us have to take out an insurance policy on, you know, what may happen or to kind of, uh, you know, we're always kind of trying to uh, spin all these plates, you know, to kind of keep us yeah. keep us uh, from uh, stumbling and, uh, you know, making mistakes and encountering problems. And well, we listen, we, we also listen to that prophet in our head, the one that likes to, to predict things, you know, and, right. and the one one that, by, by the way, is never correct. But we still we, we still listen with rapt attention when it speaks and because it's always it's going to tell us, oh, yo, this is what's going to happen. And we're, you know, and that if I'm doing, if I'm using that in tennis with Alan, then what I'm doing is I'm going ahead and guessing what he's going to do in the next move and where he's going to hit it in the court. And I'm moving, I'm already moving in that, to that place in the court. And all he's got to do is notice that I'm, I'm, I'm too far ahead off balance. And he's going to hit, he's going to hit it behind me. Yeah. Which they do a lot on clay. I mean, because <laughs> clay, you know, if we continue that analogy, it's a surface that it's not as stable as a hard court, right? Because of the, the, the right. you know, mm -hmm. clay on the top of the surface, right? It makes the, right, the surface right, right. a little bit slippery. And so that becomes a great play in, in clay court time. But also mm -hmm. other times, you're right. If you over-anticipate, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how many times we over-anticipate imagining what that other mm -hmm. person is going to do? 
Mm -hmm. how they're going to feel, how they're going to react. How about we just say when when we're disappointed? What do you guys when you what do you guys do when you're disappointed? You know, well, we, just two things. I, yeah, I tether okay. it to tether it to something that ha concrete that happened uh, to paint a picture, and then mm -hmm. also uh, why it comes up is that um, I uh, I know that you guys did a shitload of work to overcome that, or yeah, Alan Alan did, and you know mm -hmm. there were some conversations between you two, and mm -hmm. that that was an instance where emotional sobriety really came through, and you were able to survive that experience uh, mm -hmm. that was very wounding. Um, so if we could find an uh, analogous experience uh, to kind of wrap up this episode with, okay, I can, I can do it with with fear, not not disappointment, but with with fear. Recently, with Dee Dee going into this this surgery that she that she has had. It was a very extensive surgery. Uh, and, um, and it's like, and surgery scares me anyway. And, uh, and the idea of, if I, re, I, it was really, it was really important to me that I, and, and part of what, when you're saying, what, how do you do it? How do you deal with it in the moment? One of the most important things is, you know, what I do is I remember that, that this, the, you know, emergencies or or something can't be such a big deal that it becomes the exception to the rule because i think that's what we, what i've done before with things that are that are helpful to me ways of taking care of myself but say, oh no no this is too big this is this is you know and, and i give myself permission just to just to be nuts with it and so one of the things i i did coming into this this surgery uh that he was going to have was was basically realizing okay i need to be fully aware of, of exactly how how scary it is for me uh and it's not just scary about the surgery itself but but there's there's a lot of work i'm doing on the on the back end of this to as as she recovers to take responsibility for the for uh all of her work at the barn and all all of this other stuff and i really needed to there's so much so much that i have to have to do and i was really really uh i was worried that, that you know that, that i was it was going to be too much for me and and i and and I mean, it's not doesn't sound very snazzy, but one of the first things I, I I'll say is the same thing we would say in any kind of recovery thing is I stayed in touch with support. I, I connected. I did not. I did not try to do it on my own. I realized I need, you know, I need to. I need to be honest about how I'm feeling with the people that are involved, like her family, other people that we're all going to be supporting each other. I didn't try to be the, you know, the big tough guy who says everything's okay. And then I reached out to, to some folks that just are my my recovery support team, and just let them know and put them. I put them on. You know, I kind of put them on alert. You know, I may be in touch. This is what's happening. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to call you and have to explain what's happening i'm gonna go ahead and tell you now so that you can help and, and that's a, and that is about helping me stay balanced you know it's it's you know and i'm not because I, I could lose my balance in that and i'm just saying if i'm if i'm talking to alan about that i'm going like you know i may be i may be falling will, will you be willing to to watch carefully and catch me if you can it's like sure so one way that uh you keep from falling or the or to bring the metaphor from earlier into it to widen mm -hmm. the beam is by staying close to support or letting mm -hmm. uh, let, letting a trusted support know that you know you're going to be going through this rocky time. Um, what are some other things? 
Well, it's, 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 let me just, from that, I can expand on that because the other thing that I realized when you're, when I'm doing that, when I heard you say it back, what I'm doing is exactly what we're talking about, about letting go of, of ridiculous expectations. I'm, 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 I'm letting go of the expectation that I should be able to do all of this on my own, that I, you know, I should go be able to go through an experience that I've never had before and know exactly how to do it and do it in a beautiful, beautiful way and have wonderful self-esteem about it. And it's like, no, the expectation is this is going to be messy you know and and i'm probably going to look pretty messy in the in the midst of it it's like it's that that's one of the things i i'm taking away from the self-esteem part of what we're doing on thursday night more than anything is yeah. the idea and it comes from roger andy's more than anybody it's like no i you you, you, accept, you accept what you're doing and you accept you, you accept the fuck-ups as much as anything else yeah you know it doesn't mean you're saying it's okay to do it it just means no that's what it is and and you start where you are yeah. And so it's the it's the attitude of letting go. It's that letting go of expectations, so that I'm not going to be. I think this is in a way sort of the way you asked it originally was was I'm I'm not going to become a disappointment to myself. Yeah, that's well said, Tom. That's very well. Thanks. Thanks. Part uh, of your program, I, Tom. It, it seems to me is um, you're very anti. I'm a big deal ism. You know, like, I mean, I, I, that, right. But, but yeah. does that, does that come from feeling as if you were a big deal earlier on and that framework just not working? I think, out I, I think it comes from thinking I'm supposed to be a big deal. I don't, I don't think I, you know, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure there's some people who could tell you some ideas where, where sometimes where I, I, I seemed like I thought I was a big deal, but, but I think for more, more than that, I, I think I, my expectations that should monster, I always talk about that expectation was always, always, you know, beyond beyond what is what is humanly possible really for the for the for the most part so so yeah i do think is it's that that i need to be a big deal i need to be this and and i and and the idea is yeah being 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 ordinary i had a therapist one time years and years and years ago and she asked me what she said what's your version of hell and i said and i immediately said being ordinary and and then we we got into that conversation. I put I wrote some about it in, in uh, uh, earning your own respect because the in the point be becoming that my being you know my ordinary self, the th part of me that has more in common with other people than than not is is just one of my favorite parts. It's, those are the experiences I, I value sometimes more than any other. Is I was so afraid that I wasn't the big shot. Well, emotional sobriety is, it seems in incompatible to me with uh, like excessive grandiosity or the kind of like inflated mm -hmm. ego that like, mm -hmm. you know, it definitely accompanies. Uh, well, it's incompatible with that. And it's incompatible with that negative arrogance too, of that I, I am the worst guy on the planet. Just be as congruent and as connected to the truth as you possibly can. You know, Karen Horn, I talked about where do we put our emotional center of gravity? Do we put it in our ideal self? Our idealized mm -hmm. self? Do we put it in our despised mm -hmm. self or in our true self? Yeah. And the person that thinks I'm the biggest piece of crap in the room, that's the despised self. That's what that's right. And a person that thinks I'm the hottest thing in the room, mm -hmm. they're in their idealized self. See, I mean, it's that same thing. And, you know, we talk so much about emotional sobriety being balanced, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Right? It's being in balance. We use that phrase a whole lot. Bill uses it a whole lot. And there's a reason for it. And what and what Tom is saying is, is that, you know, you know, don't live your life on a balance beam. Mm -hmm. Get that sheet of plywood out. 
That's mm-hmm. what he did with I this. Whole, that. That's what he did with this whole thing yeah. with Edie. He gave yeah. himself a yeah. lot of room to be able to show up with this yeah. thing, not to be able to stick his landing and and make it on that balance beam all the time, or else it would have been, you know, there would have been a lot of tension. He would have created mm-hmm. a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. If, and if he created for himself, and, and, well, and, and let's it. let's make that point too. And guess what? In terms of the the value of emotional sobriety in everyday life, I would have been a lot less effective That's in right. terms of of the help that, that I'm. You know, still kind of no right in the middle of it, it, but it's like it's it's we're more effective people when we take. You know, th- this is one of the things we need to get when we really do take care of ourselves, which means to stay to to stay balanced. It means you know, t- taking care of my, being arrogant is not taking care of yourself. Being being you know, negatively arrogant is not taking care yourself but when we take care of ourselves we're just more effective and i'm you know and i can feel what I, you know what i feel good about is I'm, I'm i'm living this right now i'm learning as i go uh and you know and and because i'm not i'm not potentially beating the crap out of myself i find that one of the things that we that Dee and i have is we, we we're, we're very much connected with our senses of humor so that we're you know we're 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 la- we're, we're laughing at the 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 funny the we're letting the funny parts be funny yeah yeah there you go well uh this has been a great conversation guys well yeah let's do a part two on this i think it would be good and i can share you know some of my reaction to my recent disability evaluation i'd love to hear that i think we all would peace tinge your life tinge your myth cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with then we glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing will entertain me like nobody else. So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on me Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me